Hello and welcome to another episode of In a Pickle, the show that is dedicated to the less glamorous side of sports. I am your host, Dave Houghton, and with me again, who hasn't been running away because I guess she enjoys this show, Sarah Retalic. Sarah, welcome hello. back. Hello, when hello. I, when I say enjoy the show, dude's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's not too much work. The only the only hard work you have to do is just wake up and make sure that you bring your coffee to the show, right? That and that my mic is connected. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes uh, I think Elton John said two out of three ain't bad. So that was Meatloaf. Oh well, he'll do anything for love. Yeah, won't do that. I don't know. At least you know who's 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 who. You know, I, don't I don't know. know who I am, but I can tell you who others are. I can tell you what a meatloaf is, but I can't tell you what's I'm doing. Meatloaf. What's a ama? What's a doing? What's the user doing? What's the user doing? What's the user doing? Gabagool. This is going to be the Italian hour at, at uh, IEP Radio. <laughs> so let let's let's get into a lighter subject. The World Series is going on right now. The World Series is going on right now. What a fabulous first game that was game one oh, was unbelievable this i have no words because this series even from like from the bat i was like this is gonna be one hell of a series yeah. with that energy from philly and that energy from houston yeah. and you know philly's basically the underdog going into this oh absolutely you know yeah. and it's something where just watching them come back and be like boom yeah. and it was like oh it's just so good. It was great. Uh, all right. So last week we had a very heavy news show and we were toying with the idea of doing uh, an actual show. And that subject was supposed to be J.R. Richard. So today we're going to bypass the news and we're going to go straight into the J.R. Richard show because we are what you quote the spiral squad. So 100%. And the J.R. Richard show is. I don't know why I did it, but it's a very long episode. So um, disclaimer alert. Yeah, it's very (laughs) informative. Yeah, and I made it informative for a reason, and we will find out why that reason is. So we will get right into the J.R. Richard show. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, so in... The same wheel as the World Series. We got the Astros and the Phillies playing, like we said. We're going to talk about J.R. Richards, who was a pitcher for the Houston Astros. This one's a long one, so I'm I'm going to try to get it. So uh, we're going to get right into it. So let's go. Let's, let's go. This. So you're you're voting for the Houston Astros. I'm going Phillies. So we get a I'm story. Not voting. I just feel that they're oh, you're not win. voting. I'm sorry. You're not. I voting. like it based off of skill set in the yeah. team. In yeah, the, yeah. No, I. I I I'm fight so, you. In honor of <laughs> in <laughs> honor of the Houston Astros, we're talking about J.R. Richards. So a lot of people know J.R. Richards because he was a incredible pitcher. Uh, no matter how good your life is going, you just never know when it's going to come to a screeching halt. So Truth. James Rodney Richards, he was born on March 7th, 1950 in a very very small town of Vienna, Louisiana. It was so small, in fact, that there was only about 382 people living there, according to the 2010 census. Yeah, and it only jumped about 100 people 10 years later. So this is like 
hardcore small town. This town has a total of 3.5 square miles. Vienna, Louisiana is located directly in the center of Louisiana. During the Civil War, Confederate troops established Vienna into a camp, and later in the war, it was turned into a parolee camp where they would trade POWs to the Union side of the war. And it's safe to say that JR is the only person of note from this small town. Because JR's town was so small, he would have to be enrolled in the Lincoln High School in a town of Rouston or Ruston, Louisiana. This town was much bigger by like 20,000 more people. Wow. Some notable athletes coming out of Lincoln High are stars like Terry Bradshaw, Carmelone, mm. 2008 Ooh. NBA Finals winner P.J. Brown with the Boston Celtics, <laughs> and Ralph Roadrunner Gar, who was uh, who is in the Atlanta Braves Hall of Fame. I'm not really sure about who the Roadrunner is. I didn't bother looking him up. Nah. Uh, this town, like many towns down south, has a little bit of dark history. In 1938, Rustin. Are we saying Rustin or Rustin? I my brain goes to Rustin. Rustin, right? Yeah, I would say Rustin. Yeah. So in 1938, Rustin received some national attention when an African American teenager named R.C. Williams was lynched in one of the most brutal attacks of its kind. 19-year-old Williams was accused by a mob of vigilantes of killing a white man and assaulting a white woman, which was later determined to be highly unlikely that Williams was guilty of these or any other crimes. The vigilantes captured Williams and tortured him with red-hot pokers, and maybe they suspected of castration as well. So, uh hard yeah yikes yeah this yes. is uh they also shot him numerous amount of times and hung him from a tree Ugh. the sheriffs tried to quote unquote stop the mob but said that he couldn't because the mob threatened him with his own life so what i'm thinking is the sheriff just came up to the scene and he goes hey guys hey guys stop then what oh, no 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 nothing go ahead because this is the South revolt, and of this, course, yeah, it's it's South in the thirties. You know. South is, uh, yeah. If I had to really place bets, I would say that the sheriff supplied the rope, but I don't know. Right? Yeah, yeah. you yeah, it just turns <laughs> the other way. Goes, yeah. Oh, hey guys, oh. hey guys, stop. hey guys, what's going on? Hey. It's like Mister Mackey. Yeah. So a jury of all white men later cleared the mob of any wrongdoing. Surprise. Shocker. It's it's really sad how far the world hasn't really progressed. Instead of a town-wide lynching, you just now have police shootings. But mm -hmm. I'm not trying to get political here. You take nope. that piece of history any way you want. Again, we are not political on IAP. We no, just we're like just sports we're, misfortunes. Yep, and we're very opinionated, but yes. we don't give a fuck either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, fuck it all. Yeah, I we also, hate. Fuck I also, you. Yeah. Fuck you. You're cool. <laughs> fuck you. Anyways, back to baseball. So Jr. was a star on the high school baseball team. By the time he was in high uh, high school senior, Jr. stood at six foot eight. 
and weighed 220 pounds. He was also one of the starting pitchers for the Lincoln High School. And he did not give up a run the entire season. Wow. He was also a master at the plate. In one game, JR hit four consecutive home runs while pitching for his team. Yeah. He led the team to a 48 to 0 victory against their rivals, the Jonesboro Jackson High School. 48 to 48 nothing. 48 to nothing. That is like super embarrassing. What? Yeah. Ugh. You've been exposed. Yeah, absolutely. Growing up, Richard idolized St. Louis Cardinals pitcher Bob Gibson. In high school, JR never lost a game. He started during his entire career there. Fun yeah. fact, in game one of the 1968 World Series, Gibson struck out 17 Detroit Tigers to set a World Series record for strikeouts in one game, which that record actually still stands today. He broke Sandy Koufax's record of 15 in game one of the 1963 World Series. So Koufax didn't really hold on to that record too long. Once Richard graduated from high school, he turned down over 200 basketball scholarship offers to sign with the Houston Astros. The Astros selected him with the second overall pick in the 1969 amateur baseball draft. The first pick belonged to the Washington Senators, and they took outfielder Jeff Burrows. Some 1969 draft members include Don Stanhouse, who went in first went in the first round of the ninth overall pick to Oakland. Dwight Evans went to the Red Sox, fifth round, 107th pick. Ken Griffey, uh, Ken Griffey Sr., Bucky fucking Dent, and Dave Winfield. They went <laughs> uh, lineup. And in the 75th round, 1026 overall was Al Cowings. The only reason why I bring up Cowings is because of a very special feud he had that's known as the Farmer Incident. Do you want to know about the Farmer Incident? I know about the Farmer Incident. Tell you me, know tell about me, tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> You want to know or you already know? Well, you're going to well, tell our listeners. Like, I you can't just, it, it's not just, well, I mean, I'm the only one that basically listens, but you need to tell the that's story. True. It's, yeah. it's you that listens and then I have to listen because I'm editing. So, yes. See, yeah. so you got to. So tell there's the two listeners. So we actually only have that half listener that's listening. <laughs> and it's, uh, where's my stuff's mom? And it's his torso. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. So the farmer incident on May 8th, 1979, a feud started between Cowens who was playing with the Royals at the time, and pitcher Ed Farmer, who was playing with the Texas Rangers. Farmer's pitch was thrown inside on Cowan's at the top of the fifth inning, which fractured Cowan's jaw and broke several of his teeth. This injury caused him to miss 21 games. Farmer later said that Cowan's was trying to steal signs from the catcher and thought that the pitch would be a breaking ball away. But it was actually an inside fastball. At the start of the very same game, Farmer also hit Royals second baseman Frank White and broke his wrist, which sidelined White for an entire month. The very next season, on June 20th, 1980, Farmer and Cowens faced each other again. Farmer, now with the White Sox, and Cowens with the Tigers. In a game at Comiskey Park with Farmer pitching, Cowens hit a ground ball to shortstop. While Farmer, and this is funny now, 
While Farmer watched his infield make the play, Cowens decided to run to the mound rather than first base and tackled Farmer from behind, landing several punches before the bench cleared and the two were separated. That's great. He it's threw so great. He, he threw he he hit a distraction. That's what it yeah. was. He was I'm would, Oh, it's so good. It's Just so goes good. and tackles him. That's so great. good. We need that. Need that now. Can we yeah, have this right? happen? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> happening in the oh man, I love it. In the world series. This would be so good. Uh, American League President Lee McPhail suspended Cowens for several games and Farmer filed a criminal complaint resulting in a <laughs> warrant being issued for Cowens in Illinois. Later, Farmer agreed to drop the charges in exchange for a handshake and the two players brought out the lineup cards before the game in Detroit on September 1st and shook hands. Uh, <laughs> and they, they shook hands. <laughs> It's it's so it's, good. It, how, how do you just you just shake hands? You're like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Look at all look at all my fake teeth. Let's just yeah. shake this out. A later appearance by Cowens at Comiskey Park was greeted by fans with a banner, Cowards Corner. Oh, coward. Cowards. Coward Cowens. Cowards. Oh, yeah. Cowards Cow- Cowens. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's hard to say. It's hard a to late, say. A later appearance by Cowens at Comiskey Park was greeted by fans. With Howard Cohen's Howard Cohen, eh, whatever. <laughs> with I, a I, banner I, that said, <laughs> with a banner that said, Howard Cohen's Cowards. <laughs> All right, so moving on. <laughs> I do love a good baseball feud, though. It's great. It's so good. Oh man, the the ones I don't forget are are the best. Well, because they're the ones that caused the most ruckus or had the most injury. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I like it. It's beautiful. So after draft night, JR was sent to the Cummington Astros, a single A team in the Appalachian League. The Appalachian League was a summer league that consisted of states like Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, and was designed for raising freshmen and sophomores. Something that we should have for in every the league. NBA. Yeah. The league runs from June to August. JR started 12 games. In single A, finishing with a record of five and four, he averaged eleven point forty one strikeouts per nine innings, but had trouble throughout the season with his pitching mechanics and control. In fifty six innings, Richard struck out seventy one batters, but walked fifty two and gave up forty one wow. runs, wow. resulting in an error, uh, an ERA of six point five nine. The following year. 20-year-old J.R. Richards was promoted to the Coca Astros of the Florida State League AA Baseball. Richard again compiled a low... I know it's coming, so I'm laughing. (laughs) Richard again compiled a low hit per nine, giving up 67 hits in 109 total innings pitched. This time, he would make a 4-11 win-loss record, but finish the season with a 2.39 ERA and even threw a no-hitter against the Daytona Beach Dodgers. Oh. So, on a side note right now, growing up I hung out oh. <laughs> 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 On a side note right now, growing up I hung out with a kid whose mother would go to Daytona Beach every summer by herself. 
And he would throw these epic parties every night she was away, which was usually for, she was usually gone for about a week or so. Man. We would party for six days straight. And on the seventh day, we would clean the house and everything. Which is good logic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, rip and roar and then just. You're all banged up anyways. I think my parents kind of knew what was going on because I was out of the house for almost a week when she would go away. It was almost like I gave my my parents a vacation when when this lady went on vacation. I'm going to to blah, blah, blah's house. Uh, So we would party for six six straight days and then clean on the seventh day, except for this one party we had where all... All his living room furniture ended up in the pool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she never Wait. went away after that party. Well, yeah. No <laughs> shit. Like, oh, uh, like who do you guys like? I just see everyone carrying out a couch and then throwing the couch in the pool. Uh-huh. That's exactly like... what happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we, I, I remember, uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say who it was. Uh, I remember somebody helping pick up the recliner that was in the living room and hucking it in the pool. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, man. We were never allowed at that house again, even if she was uh, even if she was home. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck down yeah. kids. Uh, I also remember the time uh, we put glitter all over the, the fans, uh, the ceiling fan blades. Oh, in his sister's room. Who does that? Uh, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> and when she turned up, because she would go away with the mom, uh, so she wasn't home either. Does and that when she came glitter? home? She would turn the fan That's on. The worst. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, I want to do it to someone, but like I in my brain that would never. I mean, it's ingenious. Yeah. It, so I... we we would turn the you know like we would clip the oh fan on. And shut the light so when she would come in, you know, you'd have to flip the light on and the fan yeah, would go. Yeah, the fan would go. And the oh. glitter went everywhere. Um, no wonder why you guys were never welcome back. Shocker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. also, why are you just going to Daytona Beach all the time? Like, I don't I mean, What's down I, there? I mean, is you know it like, is she going down for the races? Like, what's up? She might have had a boyfriend down there because the, uh, they were recently divorced. But you know what? I should probably uh, stop telling this, the story anyway. I know. This is like, I'm so like. <laughs> Okay, let's discuss a little bit more. All right, let, we, we get so much other stuff to talk about. And you do know this person, so. Oh, my God. I have an idea of who the person that threw the recliner in the water is, too. But Yeah, maybe I'll tell you after the show. Yeah, I'm like, hmm. Anyways, during the season, <laughs> Richard started to gain a handle on his accuracy and was able to throw a fastball that would reach over 800 miles an hour. And his slider got up to about 93 miles an hour. Faster than most MLB pitchers at mm-hmm. the time. Wow. During during the 1970-71 se- offseason, the Astros again promoted Richard, this time to triple-A ball nice. with the Oklahoma City 89ers. Nice. Uh, that's now a defunct American team. They're they're not, I don't I don't think they, they're around anymore. They're around anymore, yeah. Yeah. He wore the number 50. And kept that number for the rest of his minor and pro league career. In AAA, Richard started all but one of the games he pitched that season. He pitched eight complete games and led the league with 202 strikeouts in 179 innings of work. 
Hmm. He ended the season with a win loss of 12 and 7 before answering the call to the Houston Astros. Congratulations, you made it. On September 5th, J.R. Richards made his MLB debut in the second game of a doubleheader against the Giants. The 21-year-old was so good during that game that he actually tied a 17-year-old record set by Carl Spooner for striking out 15 batters in his first start. Richard was charged with two earned runs and seven hits in the 5-2-3 Astros win, but struck out Willie Mays three different times. His next start was five days later against the Cincinnati Reds. Richard gave off a leadoff home run to Pete Rose in the first inning and pitched five innings of a two-hit, one-run game. He struck out five batters, but would walk six. JR would struggle in his next two starts. In a September 16th game against the division rival Atlanta Braves, Richard pitched seven innings and gave up four runs on seven hits. Ooh. He struck out nine batters and even struck out the side in the first inning, but also walked four batters. He mm. threw two wild pitches in the first and fifth inning in his final game of the season against the Giants, Richard got the hook in the first inning after pitching to only four batters. Oof. Yeah. That's rough. That's a rough game. Yeah, it's a very rough game. Especially if you are in high school, you are lights out, and then you come to the big leagues and you're like, you know, you're lights out because you're in a small town. Yeah. And uh, these guys aren't good. But, Oof. but. Richard was a uh, Jr. was a very good pitcher. But, he was a good pitcher. Yeah. You can see that. It's just he's um he's like the roller coaster at Coney yeah. Island. He's just up and down and up and down, and Absolutely. it's a wood a wooden ride, so it hurts your neck. It hurts a little. <laughs> so for the next couple of seasons, Jr. would split time between AAA and the pros, and did it become a regular starter in Houston until 1975. After 1971, Richard was sent back down to work on his control with the 89ers for the 72 season. He started 19 games with the 89ers before being called back up to the Astros. In AAA, Richard finished with 10 wins and 8 losses in 128 innings of work. His 3.2 ERA was higher than the previous season, but... <clears throat> but I'm hitting puberty. Ooh. But Ooh. he maintained the same walks per nine ratio that had that he had the previous year. He recorded six complete games and finished with 169 strikeouts. Richard re-entered the majors and was the starter for the day game of a doubleheader for the Astros against the Padres. On July 30th, 1972, he struggled and took the 10 to 7 beating. JR did not pitch again until two weeks later when he entered in uh, in relief for Ken Froch. Froch? 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 Ken Froch. Cream Froch? Cream Froch. Cream Froch. <laughs> Uh, what you want to do is cream freeze yeah. Freeze him freeze. In the fifth inning to keep the Giants to a one-run lead. In two innings of relief, he gave up one hit, 
struck out three, and got the win. Yay! In his final two relief appearances of the season, Richard gave up five runs and just over one inning of work. He finished the season with a disastrous 13.50 ERA and only six innings of work and was again sent back down to AAA, this time with the Astros affiliate Denver Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Uh, Fun fact, Ken and his brother Bob, who also pitched for the Astros, are the only set of brothers to pitch no hitters in the MLB. That's an interesting fun fact. That's a weird fun fact. That's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. Richard started eight games with the Bears in 1973. I I don't think I could say just regular Bears. I think no, I have uh, Bears. The Bears. Yeah. Ah, uh, Bears. He had one of the worst times in his career going two for four. With a 5.71 ERA. uh, Despite his poor performance with the Bears, Houston needed help, and Richard was again called up. JR would enter the game in the fourth inning of the June 16th game against the St. Louis Cardinals and his idol, Bob Gibson. That must be awesome. That must be really cool. Absolutely. That's awesome. He pitched four innings of a one-run ball and three innings of a two-hit game in his next relief outing. After those two games, the Astros placed Richard in the starting rotation, and he made his first major league start since July 30th of his previous of the previous year. He pitched six solid innings of one-run ball game and struck out six while walking three. Richard would make his next start four days later. Again, he pitched more than six innings, but earned a no decision after the Astros bullpen blew it and gave up nine runs during the top of the ninth inning. Oof, gross. Indeed. So after starting and winning a July 4th game against the Braves, Richard was sent to the bullpen in order to add Tom Griffin into the Astros starting rotation. He made three relief appearances against the Expos before making a start against the Dodgers on July 27th. Four days later, JR threw his first shutout against the Dodgers, in which he gave up just five hits and struck out nine. 19 days later, Richard pitched another complete game, this time giving up two runs while striking out nine and walking three batters. He finished the season six and two with a 16 total in 16 total games. 10 of those games he started, he finished with a 4.0 ERA and struck out 75 batters in 72 innings. So we are talking about a heavy workload here now. So yes. keep keep that in mind. Yes. Despite Oof. his improved performance in the 73 season, Richard again was sent back down to work on his pitching control, but this time he was sent down to double A, the Columbus Astros. He started 13 games with Columbus before being moved back up to triple A, the Denver Bears, in four <laughs> starts with the Bears. Richard <laughs> threw three shutouts and pitched 33 scoreless innings with a 4-0 and record wow. and 26 strikeouts. Again, wow. yeah, 
he's Again, just like he's fire. Yeah, he's, he's fire. Yeah, he's all over the place. And though. I like how like he'll he'll go to the majors, he'll have a great game, and then they'll kind of send him down to tweak his performance, and he'll come back up to the majors, and he'll just like lights out, and then yeah. something will happen, and they'll send him back down, and then he's really good, and then he'll go back to the killing it up there and then he's like ah something's wrong let's go back down but also again it's a heavy workload here yeah so, it's a lot yeah yikes so again he was called back up to the majors on July 13th and he stayed with the Astros for the remainder of that season he pitched 14 innings 6 in relief before rejoining the starting rotation he then started all 9 of the games he pitched during the remainder of the season Richard finished the season with a 4.18 ERA in just over 64 innings of work during his 15 appearances. So, even though Richard's statistics shown that he bounced between Houston and the minors during his first four years with the Astros due to his pitching control, he told reporters that racism played a major role in keeping him from becoming a regular with the Astros. And you can't really deny it because at the time, this could possibly be true. Absolutely. So a couple of things would happen in the world of baseball that cemented cemented JR stay in the pros. In the offseason, the Astros traded starting pitcher Claude Osteen to the Cardinals and lost pitcher ace Don Wilson, who died in a freak accident from a carbon monoxide poisoning at the age of 29 on January 5th, 1975. So wild. Yeah. That's wild. It's it's weird. Don Wilson will have his own show down the pipeline, so don't get any... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no I Googling. Give, I won't give you any details now, so just check it out on IAPradio.com. Yeah. So as a result of these two things, Richard entered the 75th season as the third starter of the Astros pitching rotation behind Larry Durker and Dave Roberts. Richard was scheduled to make the start on April 9th against the Braves, but was removed from the game in the fifth after jamming his toe on the first base bag. Richard continued to have issues with his pitch control, giving up eight walks in both his third and fourth starts of the season. He followed by pitching a complete game win against the Padres on April 29th. In the next start, he walked a career-high 11 batters in just six innings and gave up seven runs in the Astros' 12-8 win over the Giants. By the All-Star break, Richard had six wins and four losses with a 4.93 ERA in just over 98 innings of work. Here's a fun fact for you. Dave Roberts gave up Hank Aaron's final career hit and RBI in the final day of the 1976 season. Interesting. Yeah, I do love fun facts. The more you know. The more you know. Richard ended the season on a strong note by winning three of his last four starts, including his final two games against the Dodgers. He finished the year with a 12-10 and 10 record. However, the Astros finished with a franchise-worst 64-97 in 97 record. Richard was the only starter on the Astros' pitching staff who had a winning record that season. 
He led hmm. the team with 176 strikeouts, which was also the fifth highest number in the NL. Richard also led the league in walks with 138 and wild pitches thrown with 20. So you were the best piece of garbage on a garbage team. Truth. When Richard entered the 1976 season, he became the ace. The pitching, uh, he became the ace of the pitching staff. <laughs> that is, again, like being right. the, the best guy uh, for the job on the worst team. Exactly. Like so. it's, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. So he ended up taking over Larry Durker's position as the opening day starter <laughs> for the Astros <laughs> on April 8th. Richard gave up. Four runs in four innings against the defending world champion Cincinnati Reds. And although he would take the loss in this game, the next five starts would be in the win column. Yay! One of them, including a 10-inning shutout effort that led to a 16-inning one-to-nothing Astros victory against the Dodgers. That's a long game. That's a long game. Yeah. Damn. By the end of May, however, Richard was hanging even Steven with a five and five record. And as the loser of four straight decisions, he closed the first half of the season by winning a 10 inning shutout against the Mets on July 6th and an eight inning start against the Montreal Expos four days later. At the All-Star break, Richard had a 9-9 record with a 2.88 ERA in over 153 innings of work, <sighs> which is completely unheard That's of in this so era. That's so unheard of now. I mean, just the fact that, you know, in the previous paragraph that you were discussing him going 10 innings, you don't right. have that anymore. No. It's, it's just. You went uh, 10 innings and then four days later you pitched eight. Right. You're we're lucky now if guys get past the fifth. Yeah, right. It, it's wild. <laughs> so different. I mean, it's it's also the balls now are being pitched harder. Right. And with more speed. Um, but holy moly, this dude. But also you gotta remember that Richard could hit a hundred miles an hour. I know. That's what's so, wild. Like we're, we're he talking was... eighteen innings of work at oh. JR's JR's throwing piss missiles down the plate. My arm hurts just talking about this. Right. So it's uh and, and we'll we'll come to see what happens here because the just just by talking about how many innings of work that are going on, I, I think everyone has an idea of what's about to come. Ugh. So from July 10th to August 31st, JR had eight complete games with one shutout and went from a nine and nine record to a sixteen and thirteen. He pitched ninety-eight innings in that time and only had 32 earned runs which gave him an ERA of 2.2202 and this is all during a 50 day span damn so on August 26th Richard hit his first home run of the season during the second inning of games cuz back then that's when that's pitchers the pitchers were bad <laughs> yeah not in this era not anymore it's all dh now yeah in bring his... back the pitchers I think I, I think they should have went uh, all pitches bad. I oh think my god, it's cool. so entertaining. It is. I mean, you Ugh. know, it's it's always going to be bad, but there's yeah. always there's always that one pitcher that cracks a home run. 
Yeah, and it's you know? always that one pitcher that has the most amazing batting stance. Absolutely. In his last game of the season on October sec on October second, Richard pitched a complete game, thirteen strikeout performance, and he all uh, and also hit a two run home run in the sixth inning. This guy is all over the place. He's great. Deezed. He's dieseled. Yeah. Richard ended the season with a 20 and 15 record, 14 complete games, three shutouts, and 214 strikeouts in 291 innings of work. At the age of 26, Richard became only the second pitcher in Astros history after Derker in the 1969 in 1969 to record 20 wins in a season tying him fourth in the NL that year he was named MVP of the Astros by the Houston chapter of Baseball Writers Association of America god shorten up your name but finished 17th in MVP award voting and 7th in NL Cy Young voting. So Astros, Houston's giving them what they want, but the rest of baseball is not. His 2.75 ERA, also the 7th best among the league starting pitchers, and he held hitters to a 0.212 batting average. JR also led the league in lowest number of hits allowed per nine innings and in walks allowed. Richard also finished the season second in batters faced, innings pitched, and games started. In addition, he led the NL pitchers with 14 hits, two home runs, and nine runs batted in as a hitter. However, during the year, he committed 10 errors and finished with a 0.853 fielding percentage, nearly 0.100 lower than uh, league average so that those are just numbers we're getting to what's going to happen to richard soon don't worry <laughs> but here's a fun fact richard also became the ninth member of the black aces an organization founded by mudcat grant that consisted of all african-american pitchers who had won at least 20 major league games at this point, you're probably wondering, why am I telling you all this good? When is the bottom going to fall out? Right. When is this going to happen? I'm like, all right, I'm on it. I'm on it. Like, he's this is good. Right. He's good. Well, if you're a fan of the show, then you know that it's right around the corner. But it will mm. take two more seasons to see the fall. Oh, my 19 God. <laughs> In 1977, he had another stellar season. He pitched seven complete game victories and in the first half of the season. By the all-star break, Richard was 9-6 and six in over 160 innings of work, He, uh, which was accompanied by 119 strikeouts with an ERA of 2.69, okay? So now Richard struggled a little through July and early mm -hmm. August, but still managed to pitch three complete games, including two shutouts in uh, five starts from August 27th <laughs> to September 17th. He had 11 and 10 strikeouts. Respectfully, respectively, respectfully, respectively, respectively. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll never be able to speak English words uh, in the final two starts of a 20 day span. Okay. So now Richard ended the season with two complete games, 
the first on August on, on September 27th against the Braves and the second on October 2nd against the Dodgers. He had a season high 14 strikeouts in his final start. The season ended on a high note by Richard winning nine of his last 12 decisions. He led the Astros pitching staff with 18 wins and 12 losses in a 267 innings pitched and posted a 2.9. 9.7 ERA and 214 strikeouts. Wow. If you're doing math, That's this is a metric ton. Huge, huge, yes. huge, huge. It's it's wild. Huge. So, so now on October 26, 1977, Richard underwent an emergency appendectomy in a Houston hospital. All right. Everyone, thanks for listening to IP, wait, IP wait, wait, Radio. Wait, 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 this has been the J.R. Richard Show, and we will see you next time. What? <laughs> What's That's it? Is, no. is, is, he, is he dead? <laughs> Play the music. Yeah, that's it. That, no, he he's fine. Everyone's fine. He actually, no. <laughs> Uh, did you really think we were going to end the show on a on a apodectomy? It's 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 coming. I promise you. I promise you. Okay. In 1978, Richard entered the season as the opening day starter in the first game of the season. He gave up seven runs on 11 hits, but still made it to the fifth inning before being replaced. He took the L on that game versus Cincinnati Reds, but recovered by pitching a complete game, uh, a complete game two hit shutout in his next start against the Dodgers. In his next eight starts from July 28th to June 4th, Richard threw six complete games, including two back-to-back shutouts. This lowered his ERA from 4.15 to 3.05, and he struck out 67 and gave up, and only gave up 39 hits with another staggering 63 total innings pitched. Damn. On July 9th, he started against the Cardinals. Richard struck out 12 batters, but also walked six and gave up five earned runs. By the end of the first half of the season, Richard had a back-to-back games with 12 strikeout performances against the Cincinnati Reds and the Dodgers. At the All-Star break, he had a record of 8-9 and nine with a 3.49 ERA with 157 strikeouts in 139 innings of work. He's just, it's its wild. His workload is staggering. So heavy. After the break, Richard threw an 11 inning, 10 strikeouts, uh, 11 inning, 10 strikeout game against the Expos and followed it with two complete games and another nine inning performance in the game that went into extra innings. He was selected as the NL Pitcher of the Month after going 4-0 with an ERA of 1.29 with 58 strikeouts and 56 innings of work during just July. Throughout much of August, his seasoned ERA hovered below 3.00 and he averaged well over a strikeout per inning. This guy was just going ham. Wild. Yeah. He was really trying to cement himself in the ash. He didn't want to go back to AAA. Yeah. Oh, he was 
like I'm here. We're not you're not putting me back down. No. We're not going anywhere. I'm no, here. No way. So on August 21st in uh, 8-3 victory over the Chicago Cubs, he broke Don Wilson's 1969 club record of 235 strikeouts. In the final two months of the season, Richard's strikeout average dramatically increased, and he struck out double-digit numbers of batters in three of his last five starts. Jesus. In his third-to-last start, Richard broke Tom Seaver's NL record of 290 strikeouts by a right-hander when he struck out Bob Horner. In the final game or the final outing of the season, Richard reached the 300 strikeout pinnacle by striking out Rollin Office. And yes, that's his real name. In in a September 28th victory over the Braves, he also hit his seventh career home run, making him the Astros career leader in home runs by a pitcher. At that time, he became the only the 10th pitcher third National Leaguer and first NL right-hander in history to strike out more than 300 batters in a season. The guy is just stacking records. So, stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks. Okay, so there's uh, there's a a couple of things, but we are well over time right now. So, we got to get to, we have to get to something. So, in 1979, in the 1979 season, something happened to Jr. in his second start of the season. Richard threw a record six wild pitches in a single game against the Dodgers. Despite this, he still finished the game with 13 strikeout performance in a two-to-one Astros victory. He won his first four starts that season, but then followed up followed it up with four straight losses. By the All-Star break, Richard was now 7-10 and with an ERA of 3.52 and 158 strikeouts in just over 157 innings of work. By July 25th, he was at 8 wins, 11 losses, but also pitched 9 straight complete games, including including a 2-hit and 3-hit shutout. On August twenty nine, uh, on August twenty seventh, and September sixth, on September sixth, he worked eighty six consecutive innings without needing any help of relief pitcher. Ooh, yeah. What? He, oh my god! He played every single game, every single inning, all the time. That is just un. I can't process that. That no. does not compute. This would set an Astros club record. So on September 21st, in a game against the Reds, he pitched 11 innings and matched a career-high 15 strikeouts. He closed out the season against the Dodgers by winning his 11th straight game against the team. This, uh, with this, with his last loss having come on June 23rd, 1960, uh, 1976. He also won NL Pitcher of the Month for September after going 4 and 1 with an ERA, ERA of 1.24. Four complete games, two shutouts, 69 strikeouts, 53 innings pitched during this stretch, okay? His mm. record at the end of the 79 season was 18 and 13 with a league best 
0.81 ERA. Richard now joined Nolan Ryan and Sandy Koufax as the only modern-day pitchers to strike out over 300 batters in consecutive seasons. He led the club in ERA, complete games, and innings pitch to tie Joe Necro in number of games started. He also led the league with a 9.64 strikeouts and finished 19th in ML in NL MVP award voting and third this time in Cy Young. Still didn't get it. Yeah. You know? Crazy. Yeah. So it's crazy. Like I, uh, yeah. so now on October 11th, JR signed a four year, $3.2 million contract with the Astros. While Nolan Ryan inked a, $4.5 million deal as a free agent with the very same team. Mm, uh, yeah. In 1980, JR was virtually unhittable starting the year with five straight wins, 48 strikeouts, and a uh, ERA lower than 200 or 2.00. He was named NL Pitcher of the Month for April. At one point, Richard threw three straight complete game shutouts against the Giants and one against the Cubs. On July 3rd, he finally broke Dirker's record of 1,487 career strikeouts in a 5-3 win over the Braves. This would become Richard's last major league victory. Dun, dun, dun. There we go. The wheels are falling. After finishing the first half of the season with a 10 and 4 record with 115 strikeouts and a 1.96 ERA, Richard was selected to be the NL starting pitcher for the All Star game on July 8th. But he pitched just two innings Ooh. due to various back and shoulder problems. Ooh. As the season progressed, Richard began to complain of a dead arm. He was citing discomfort in his shoulder and in his forearm. And to be honest, it was probably dead. It was probably dead. Yeah. After Jesus. all those innings and complete games in a very, very short amount of time. Right. It's no wonder why he started to struggle. It's Seriously. no wonder why he didn't rip his arm right off the side. Right. Uh, How right is it not socket. just dangling like uh, what however his concerns about his dead arm would fall on deaf ears of course some in the media interpreted these complaints as whining because richard had a reputation for being a little bit moody others said that jr couldn't handle the pressure of pitching for the astros while some even suggested that he was jealous of ryan's 4.5 million dollar contract wow yeah wow you're not if you're jealous you're going to be more bitter you're not going to be complaining about injury like if you're right if you have an injury like that's if I'm jealous of Nolan Ryan's bigger contract or anybody's bigger contract, I'm going to prove you all wrong by going lights out the next season. Right. And then when my three years are up from this contract, I'm going to say, fuck you, pay me. Yeah. And not right? 
act as though you're whining because of an injury. Like you don't, that's not the mindset of an athlete. Right. It's really not at all. Absolutely. Well, unless you're Paul Pierce and you have to go to the locker room and take a dump. You well, just pretend absolutely. you have an injury. And yeah, you, you just get in the wheelchair. Yeah, in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got poop. You know? Yeah. Just right. In his next start on July 14th against the Braves, Richard was having a good game and even struck out the side in the second inning. But he had trouble seeing catcher Alan Ashby signs and also had difficulty moving his arm. Ooh. He was pulled in the fourth inning after throwing a fastball and feeling his right arm go, quote, unquote, dead. Oh, my God. His fingers had gone numb in his right hand, and he couldn't even hold the baseball. Because of the because of this, the Astros placed Richard on the twenty one day uh, injury list. I uh, what are we supposed to call it now? The IR, IL or IR? I don't know. I I caramba. We'll just say injury list. Yeah. So uh, on July fourteenth. Uh, or July 14th would be J.R. Richards' last major league game. Just nine days later, J.R. would check himself into the Methodist Hospital in Houston for a series of physical and psychological tests to determine the cause of the mysterious dead arm problems. An MRI revealed an obstruction in the distal sub... Fucked up arteries, clavian, subclavian and artillery arteries in the right arm. That's a doctor. Auxiliary, artillery, auxiliary. What did it's, I say? You said artillery. I said artillery. Yeah. Oh, and I was MR- like, is there guns? Choo 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 choo. An MRI revealed an obstruction in the distal subclavian and auxiliary arteries of the right arm did i say that right yeah yeah i said that right richard's blood pressure in his left arm was normal but pressure was pretty much non-existing in his right due to a complete obstructed artery so he actually had a dead arm arm. it was legit oh my god yeah that's okay yeah wow all right so on July 25th, the artery in his necks in his neck were studied, and the doctors reached a conclusion that all was normal and no surgery was needed. That doesn't sound okay. That doesn't. Sound that right. doesn't I mean, okay. There's like, no blood dudes, pressure in your right arm, but you're. Oh yeah, you're fine. fine. You're good. Right. Just yeah. use your left. You're fine. Yeah. So like. on July 30th, Richard went to go see a chiropractor who rotated his neck to fix the flow of blood in the upper torso. I can already feel the Oh, my God. Later that day, Richard was participating in warm-ups before the game when he suffered a major stroke and collapsed in the outfield. Before the stroke, he had a headache and he was feeling weakness throughout his body. Eventually, that progressed into vision problems and then his left side of his body was paralyzed. Oh. A massive blockage in his right carotid artery needed emergency surgery that evening. An examination oh. 
by a neurologist showed that Richard was still experiencing weakness in his extremities and on the left side of his face. And he had blurred vision through his left eye. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. A CAT scan of Richard's brain later showed that JR had experienced three separate strokes from the different obstructions in his in his uh, artery system. Well, he probably had a stroke, like a minor one, when he was pitching that game and he couldn't see the signals right. from the catcher. Like, right. that, boom, that's a clue right there. He's got this arm situation going on and he can't see shit. Like, there yeah. you go. Oy. So, furthermore, the arteries in his right arm were all still obstructed. A later examination showed that Richard was suffering from extensive artery thoracic outlet syndrome, or TOS, which is a condition where there is comp- uh, where the nerves are compressed in the arteries or the veins in the passageway from the lower neck in the armpit. So basically, mm. everything's just like it's all just it's just fucked yeah. up. It's so squished. yeah, I think maybe maybe this happened to Bo Jackson. With his leg, it was on his leg, yeah, yeah. on his hip, yeah. where the the um when he stopped short in the uh grass or whatever, his hip popped out, and then all the he veins put his own hip arteries, back in a place too. Yeah, all the veins and arteries were wrapped around it, though. Yeah. Oof. So when you look at the X ray and MRI for it, it's fucking wild. Yeah. So Ugh. this condition only affects one percent of the population and is more common in women than men, most commonly between the ages of 20 to 50. Oh, I should stop pitching now, right? Yeah, now you got to hang it up. Repetitive motions such as pitching can cause an enlargement of muscles, which causes compression of the veins. Besides overuse, injuries uh, of the upper limbs cause swelling, small bleeding, and subsequent... It's just bad. It's bad. You're, it's this bad. It's, it's bad, bad news. Yeah, this actually might be the most professional show. Yeah, ever. there's a lot of like there's medical of yeah. jargon and stuff going on here that I'm like, oh, yeah. I we we could try this uh, Harvard Med School thing. Yeah, right. You can do it. I just can't pronounce words. Nah. While while pitching, his uh, clavicle and first rib punctured the subcalvin artery sub. Calavian? Subclavian. Yeah. So while pitching his clavicle and first rib punched it, punctured or pinched the subclavian artery resulting in this problem. At Ugh. first, Richard would feel normal in the first few innings of the game, but after putting like repeated repeat, pressure huh? on yeah, the artery. Can, yeah. I can see that. Ugh. His, his arm would start to ache and pain would start. To, he would start to feel the pain. And then eventually the arm would feel heavy and dead like he thought it would. And he was right. His wife at the time, Caroline, told reporters it took death or nearly death to get an apology. There should have they should have believed him. Richard underwent rehabilitation. It would miss the rest of the 1980 season. So by it was a different yeah. time too. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, like they didn't you you played 
bloody. You played things, but like this dude's arm was legit dead. Right. Like, and they wild. I know. Yeah. I, I got nothing. In 1981, Jr. underwent a rehab program to help him recover from the effects of his stroke. He also trained with the Astros in the Texas Southern University team, participating in pitching and batting practice with both teams towards the end of the baseball season. So that's nice. They let him come out in the field. Yeah, and just play around a little. After after pitching a few simulated games, Richard received some good news and was placed on the 40-man active roster on September 1st, 1981. But right. Astros manager Bill Verdon thought Richard was not ready to return. So Richard did not pitch and the, uh, with the team during the last two months of the season. Yeah, I don't think that he's ready to pitch either. No, no. absolutely not. No. no, it's crazy talk. Fun fact, Bill Byrdon had the highest average of any batter facing the legendary Hall of Fame pitcher Sandy Koufax with 4.04. Fun fact. In 1982, JR pitched just one inning or one spring training game and went into extended spring training in Florida during the first two months of the season. There, he would go three and two with an ERA of 3.38 in seven starts with 32 total innings. Afterwards, he joined the major league rehabilitation program with the Daytona Beach Astros and in six starts Richard would get three wins and two complete games and posted a ERA of 2.79 he he was promoted to triple a ball he did struggle with his his control of the ball and he gave up a high number of runs he took the loss on August 12th against the Phoenix Giants and on August 27th against the Salt Lake City Gulls. What a name. Gulls. Yeah. Gulls. His longest outing as a starter was more than five innings against the Giants in the last game of the season on September 1st. He then joined the Astros' extended roster but didn't play any games. Hmm. So now in 1983, Richard started to complain of pain in his left calf. Oh, no. Yeah. So oh, no. A synthetic graft inserted in his, in his 1980 surgery had closed off. Oh, and no. He needed surgery, a, which means he needed a surgical bypass in his left leg. Oh. Man. Oh, JR was granted free agency by the Astros on November 7th, 1983, but the Astros still had faith in him. So he was re-signed on February 17th of the following year. Just over two months later, he was released by the Astros again, now ending his baseball career. Despite an almost complete recovery, the risk of future complication complications was so great that he never pitched again. Right. He finished his MLB career with a record of 107 wins with 71 losses and 1,493 strikeouts and a lifetime ERA of 3.15 wow. in 230 games and over 
1,600 innings pitched. That's 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 a lot of innings. Yeah. No wonder. Yeah, no shit. Like in that, of course, like your complications. There, there's there's a risk of that. You right. you're you've got some blood shit and issues. Like right. Hang it up. Yeah. Time to time to figure something else out. So friend and teammate Nolan Ryan would actually break his record with the Astros, uh, the Astros record of career strikeouts in 1987. So now after JR's baseball career ended, JR went home to Louisiana, invested and invested his money in some business ventures, but unfortunately fell prey to an oil business scam resulting in Richard losing over $300,000 in the deal. Yikes. A few years after that, Richard had to pay $669,000 in a divorce settlement to his ex-wife, Carolyn. He then thought it was a good idea to marry again. But that too ended in divorce. This time... Yeah, this time resulting in Jr. losing his suburban house in Houston and whatever money he had left. In 1989, Richard was drafted into the Senior Professional Baseball Association and played for the Orlando Juice. For the the OJ. For the OJ. (laughs) But was cut from the team in preseason play. By the winter of 1994, Richard was homeless and was living under a highway overpass in Houston. By 1995, he became eligible for his pension from the MLB and even played in the Old Timers Day game with the Astros in that same year. In the following months, after spending many nights under the overpass highway 59 in the Beechnut Road in Houston, he turned to religion, and according to Richard, he overcame homelessness by working with this ministry. He said that he always knew God was on his side. Richard started started working at an asphalt company and later returned to... Uh, to the church as a minister himself. Interesting. He also became involved in the Houston community, working with local finance donors to help establish baseball programs for kids. That's pretty cool. That is. In 2005, a small budget movie, uh, the J.R. Richards story, tells the story of Richards' baseball career as well as his life after baseball. In nineteen uh, in 2018, Richard was honored by the Negro League Baseball Museum, along with Dick Allen, Mudcat Grant, Kenny Lofton, and Eddie Murray in the uh, Hall of Game. J.R. Richard was also inducted into the Baseball Shrine of Eternals in nineteen in 2019. One year, one day, I'll get the year right. It's tough. We're still in those 1900s. So on August 4th, 2021, which is actually my 40th birthday, Richard died at the age of 71 in a Houston hospital from complications due to COVID-19. No. Yeah. 
there. Such... I know oh. it's so sad, you know, because now he's starting to get his shit together. Right. And you know? <sighs> and like he didn't lose it all to drugs. He no. just lost it all to bad marriages and scams. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, like his it's un- it's unfortunate that like his body turned against him. So there has been much talk in the Astros organization to retire JR's number 50, but so far at press time, nothing has come of it. Hector Neris currently wears number 50 for the Astros, and on June 25th, 2022, he pitched a combined no-hitter with pitchers Fembar Valdez, Rafael Montero, and Ryan Presley. So some wonder what could have been if only the Astros believed Richards when he complained about his dead arm. And before we sign off, I'd like to take the time to apologize to the mother of the kid that we hung out with. I'm sorry we destroyed <laughs> your house and threw your recliner in the pool. If the show ever makes it big, I will do my best to find you and buy you a new buy chair. Buy you a new chair. Yeah. You do that? It happens. So- it is getting late, and I have to go pick up my daughter. So uh, that is J.R. Richards. Uh, a very sad story. A very long. And, and the reason why I made it so long, and I put a lot of detail into it, because I really wanted everyone to realize how much he was working. That's He's why. So good. Like this. This was one of those stories. Yeah. This was one of those stories where I did like heavy baseball, and I know like it's yeah. tough because a lot of people are like, oh, my God, this, you know, I want to hear the crime. I want to hear what happened. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but this is. But, but I had it, to give the yeah. story leading up to the story, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, if only the organization listened to him when he said, yeah, you're right. Right. You're could right. have prevented a lot. It could have. It could but have who saved. knew? It might have saved his life. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Who knows? I mean, maybe I think the Astros should really consider retiring the number 50. A hundred percent. They should you know? definitely retire it. That's yeah. rude. It is rude. <laughs> it's very rude. Rude. <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening to that crazy story today. Uh, Please help us out by following the show on social media and liking and sharing all of the posts on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and all that stuff. Uh, Also, if you liked that episode, please help me and Sarah out by rating us on iTunes and Spotify. Help me, I'm poor. Yeah, help us. Help Help us move up the charts. We're not asking for much. We're just asking for you to rate us. That's it. It doesn't matter. Just Let's wait. get that poor woman her recliner. Seriously. Wherever you're going to get her. Well, she's probably down in Daytona. Probably. You know? I don't okay. even know what happened. What happened to her son. I lost track of everything. I lost track of everybody. I lost track of myself. That's true. I lost track of a lot of words during the story, but thanks for, uh, thanks for sticking with me. Thanks, we got you. Thanks for, thanks for sticking with me for another week. We got you. You're my boy, Blue. Hey, my boy, Blue. My boy, Blue. All right, so that's the end of the show. Daddy-O Sports Cards on Instagram. Daddy-O Sports. Brian? Yeah. Check out Sarah on all the stuff. Check us out at ieprradio.com. And, uh, again, give us a rating. Help us move up that chart. You know? Pump it away. All right, so for Sarah Ray Kellick, I am Dave Houghton, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye.